The Athletic. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the 59th Minute FPL podcast, which is brought to you by The Athletic. I'm Mark McGettigan, you can find me on Twitter at FPLGeneral. Game week 22 is almost complete, there's just one more game to go at the time of recording, which is Tottenham against Chelsea on Thursday night. It's another short turnaround with the Game Week 23 deadline on Saturday morning, 11am UK time. The headlines from Game Week 22, Manchester United put 9 past Southampton, with Bruno Fernandes, Rashford and Martial all going big FPL-wise, while Jan Bednarek, the Southampton centre-back, set a new FPL record with a minus seven. My thoughts and prayers go out to anyone who have Bednarek, particularly those who get him off the bench as an auto-sub this week. A red card, an OG and nine goals conceded. That may never be topped. Arsenal had Bernd Leno and David Luiz sent off as they went down 2-1 to Wolves. Wilfred Zaha picked up an injury. Manchester City churned out yet another clean sheet with Gabriel Jesus and Raheem Sterling getting on the score sheet. James Justin scored a 15-pointer in Leicester's 2-0 win over Fulham. James Madison got two assists in that one. Calvert-Lewin got his first goal in nine games against Leeds. Sigurdsson and Rafinha were also on the score sheet in that one with Luca Dean and Patrick Bamford getting assists. Jesse Lingard scored a brace on his West Ham debut. Soucek and Watkins were also in the goals, while Mikel Antonio provided two assists. And finally, Liverpool lost 1-0 at home to Brighton, much to the frustration of Salah, captainers and owners of Liverpool defenders. Plenty of questions about those two topics later. If you're not yet an Athletic subscriber, the latest sign-up offer is for just £3.99 a month. The link to get it is theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod. You'll get ad-free versions of the podcast on the Athletic app. We have a high profile new member to the 59th Minute Club. Welcome Marcus Rashford. 59 minutes, missed out on an extra point and obviously missed out on the clean sheet point as well. But didn't matter too much because he'd already racked up nine points. But welcome to the club, Marcus. A couple of notable mentions. Quite a few players just about made it to 60. Two Leicester guys, Iose Perez and Chaudhry. And also Pepe at Arsenal. So they just about survived. Daniel Pedence, who very often gets taken off early. Pretty sure he's already in the club. He got 61 minutes in game week 22. And Zaha picked up that injury and only managed 57 minutes. So disappointing for those who went Zaha. He was a very good option with very good fixtures, so very unlucky to get just one point from that game. Keep an eye on the clock at the weekend for those 59th minute substitutions and as always, send me a tweet. A quick review of my game week. Going into it, I made one free transfer. I fixed my weakest area of my squad. I got rid of Johnston and I brought in Martinez. And if I didn't do that, I would have started Johnston. So I ended up two points up on that transfer. And Martinez, just very happy to have him back, even though he didn't get a clean sheet this week. Four points was still pretty decent. Overall, very high scoring week this week. I got 76 and I got a red arrow. So just shows you it was pretty competitive out there this week. Um, I went from 3.8k to 4k. So very small red arrow, but that will probably drop more tonight, particularly if Sun does well. And once auto subs kick in as well. The good, 
Martinez got four. I'm calling it good because otherwise it would have been two. You know, four is a decent return for a goalkeeper, especially when he when he concedes three goals. So I think he might have sneaked the bonus point in the end. So he's just just shows you he's just a fantastic goalkeeper. Even when he doesn't keep clean sheets, he can still get decent points returns. Cancelo and Diaz double clean sheet there. Bruno Fernandez, good to see him back in the goals and the point seventeen pointer. Obviously, wish I captained him. Captain Salah instead, like many people. Gundogan, 8. Just such good value at the moment. Grealish chipped in with an assist. And all three strikers delivered this week have not delivered in the previous game week. Calvert-Lewin with 9. Antonio with 8. And Ollie Watkins with 6. So, it was looking, wasn't looking great for me until that Watkins goal, Grealish assist. That kind of saved my game week, really. Um, so, yeah, I was... I talked last week, I was considering, you know, a lot of people asked about reversing the Calvert-Lewin-Bamford transfer, so obviously glad I didn't, because Calvert-Lewin came out on top of this week by, I think it was four points. So those are the kind of things, you know, they can always backfire. When you try and jump around strikers, you can very often miss them. So Bamford was the, the winner last game week, Calvert-Lewin was the winner this week, and who knows, will be the winner in game week 23 uh, the bad, not too much bad, but the big one, captaincy. You know, captaincy has been quite tricky since the turn of the new year, really, for most of us. Um, I've had a few disappointing ones myself. Salah just four points. Liverpool just not playing well at the moment. And, you know, there's questions now whether we should even own Salah, never mind captain him. So that, I think that will be the end of me captain him for a couple of weeks at least. And Robertson, the, the Liverpool guy, Salah and Robertson, were actually the only two players in my starting 11 who blanked so Robertson is on the chopping block now as well just not keeping clean sheets centre-back's a big problem and he's not looking as good going forward as he was earlier in the season as well but the biggest biggest issue with my week was my bench again this is the the curse of, of playing a bench boost not too long ago and, the, and also the curse of having too much money to spend we, a lot of us have good benches so we kind of got to just put up with points on the bench I had Soucek first sub with 9 and Justin second sub with 15. Now, it didn't bother me too much because 9 out of my 11, starting 11, all delivered. I guess the frustrating part is Robertson getting 2 points and Justin getting 15, but never really considered starting Justin over Robertson anyway. But, you know, I think it's got to the point where I can't really bench Justin much more. I think he'll be in my starting 11 this week, possibly with Robertson on the bench because he plays Manchester City. So check, just the way I'm set up, I've got eight, you know, seven strong attackers, and then I've got Soucek as my eighth attacker. You know, he you could call him a strong attacker at the moment as well. So the way I'm set up, he's probably going to very often be on my bench. So I may just have to get used to those points. And it's frustrating. We always say you need to have at least one good first sub because in this crazy, unpredictable COVID season, you're often going to have your first sub coming in. And I think it's two weeks in a row now I've had good first subs and neither of them were auto-subbed in. A quick watch list update, just one player removed following the game week, Yuri Tielemans, simply because if I buy a Leicester midfielder, it will be Harvey Barnes or James Madison. So Tielemans is probably third now in my thoughts when it comes to a Leicester midfielder. So that's why he's been removed. Players added, four players, three defenders this week. Adam Webster at Brighton, he's just 4.4 million. The Seagulls have kept Four clean sheets in a row now. So they've very quietly gone about their business, keeping clean sheets recently. They've still got good fixtures to come as well. Next four, Brighton play Burnley, Aston Villa, Crystal Palace and West Brom. So we could see more clean sheets there. So I like Webster at 4.4. 
He's I think he's point four less than Dunk, and he and he gets plenty of goal chances himself. Uh, as does Dunk Sanchez, the goalkeeper, I think is only four point four as well. So if you're looking for a second goalkeeper, possibly Sanchez, maybe someone to look at. But if I buy a Brighton defender, which is probably unlikely anyway, I think I would recommend Webster at four point four. Two Manchester United defenders, the fullbacks Luke Shaw at four point nine million and Aaron Wan-Bissaka at five point five million. They both join Harry Maguire on my watch list. Shaw got two assists against Southampton. Owners will have been frustrated that he was taken off at half-time just to protect them, I think, more than anything else. Juan Bissaka, 17 points, goal, assist and clean sheet. And what I've noticed about Juan Bissaka in the last couple of games is he seems to be spending more time in the box uh, and he's starting to improve a little bit in the final third. So, again, Juan Bissaka is 5.5 million though. So I, I think I would prefer to go for Shaw at 4.9 for the cash saving. Uh, next couple of fixtures for United are Everton, West Brom and Newcastle. So good fixtures there. Would I still favour Maguire over Shaw and Wan-Bissaka? I'm not so sure now. I think Shaw has probably moved up in my thoughts. Um, you know, All season he's been creating lots of chances. He's taken lots of corners. He's very cheap. So I think Shaw might be my number one preference now from the United defence, even though Tellez is going to get some games. But it's a bit like Cancelo, I think, at City. If you own Shaw, you probably don't mind too much if he misses out because you would you would, you would think that if he does miss out, he, he hopefully gets zero minutes and he'll get a sub in anyway. But when he does play, he's capable of those 10-plus pointers. And final player added this week is Etze from Crystal Palace. He's 5.8 million. He's only owned by 1% of managers. Got an assist and two bonus points against Newcastle. And he scored in the previous game as well. So if Zaha is going to be out for a while, I don't know too much about that injury. Didn't watch that game. If Zaha is out for a while, you know we could say it's a step up and possibly take penalties. But I think if Milivojevic is on the pitch, he'll probably take them. But Etze will probably be in the running if that does happen. And we know Crystal Palace have good fixtures. This guy is a seriously good player, Etze. He's kind of flying under the radar this season. Maybe when it comes to FPL, it's because he plays for Crystal Palace and Zaha's the main guy to go for there. But yeah, Etze is on my watch list now. Going to keep an eye on him over the next game or two. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Twitter questions now. Thanks as always to everyone who sent them in. I think there was 169 questions that came in last night after that Liverpool game. So lots of people eager to make changes ahead of the weekend. First one came in from Mark. How many City players do we start away to Liverpool? 0, 1, 2 or 3? So yeah, most of us have three City players, you know, Almost everybody, I would say, has at least two. So it's it's a tricky week this week with Liverpool playing City. How many, in particular, City defenders do we play against Liverpool? Do we expect Liverpool to score or do we expect City to continue You know, with another clean sheet? So I've had a quick look at my team this morning. I've got three City. I've got two defenders and I've got Gundogan. And I've got Robertson and Salah. So we've got, when you've got five players in one fixture, it's not really ideal when it comes to FPL. So my gut instinct is I'm going to play Cancelo 
because I think you know even if City don't keep a clean sheet, he can get attacking returns quite easily, and I expect him to start. So Diaz, I think maybe on my bench, if I start Salah, uh, and Robertson, I think will be on my bench as well. And I think what this comes down to is what are your alternatives? You know, so if you're going to bench someone like Diaz or Robertson, you really want to have a pretty good replacement coming in. Um, so in my case, I've got Justin who plays. I think it's Wolves. And I've got Soufal who plays Fulham. So I think that's two pretty good options. I think on paper those two guys are probably better than Diaz and Robertson this week. Because I probably expect both City and Liverpool to score in that game. So I'm not really going after clean sheets when it comes to City or Liverpool this week. So the answer, it's again, it's pretty team dependent. You know, I think I think it's absolutely fine to bench players like Robertson who hasn't been delivering anyway. And Diaz, who's probably less likely to get attacking returns than Cancelo, famous last words, of course. So, again, comes down to the replacements. I mean, if you've got players who are not great, you know, not as good as maybe as the likes of Soufal and Justin, then again, it's probably fine to play the likes of Robertson and Diaz and just hope maybe there is clean sheets or, or that your players get attacking returns. So, I'm pretty comfortable. I don't usually bench premium defenders, but I think this is quite a unique week where... Obviously, the two big teams play each other, but also we've got some very good alternatives on our benches as well. That maybe this is a week that we can u- utilize those and just hope that Liverpool and City do score and there's no clean sheets in that game. So that's my instinct. I'll come to Salah later because he might not even be on my team. So maybe if I sell Salah this week, you know, maybe I'll be more inclined to play Diaz then and go after the City clean sheet if I don't have a Liverpool attacker in my team. Question from Ian Davis. Do we need to buy Son this week if all our midfielders are performing? So Son, Son's a pretty hot topic this week. Obviously, at the time of recording, I'm yet to see what he does against Chelsea. So that will probably determine whether or not I buy him this week. The The issue here is captaincy. There's It's quite a tricky week for captaincy if you don't own Son. Son's got West Brom at home. So to me, he's a standout captaincy option this week. I think Bruno's at home to Everton. I think that's pretty pretty decent as well. But there is a big temptation for those of us who don't own Son to go and get him this week and have, you know, probably the best captaincy candidate on paper for this game week. You know, you bring him in, you hope he gets two goals, 15 points, you know, 30 points as captain, and then you can justify making a one-week move because I think Son has Manchester City the week after, so it's not ideal. So it kind of feels like a one-week transfer. But we know Son Son scored against Manchester City before, and those are the kind of games where where he can do well in. Um, even though Kane may not be back for that one, sounds like he will be, um, but it's not guaranteed. So, do we need to buy Son this week? And the issue here is what what Ian says is if all our midfielders are performing, it's quite difficult to sell. You know, Soucek, Grealish, uh, Gundogan, Bruno. You know, it's very hard to sell any of these guys for Son. Looking at my team, I'm actually looking at Salah. To me, to me, I think Salah is my weak link in my midfield because I'm probably not going to captain him the next few weeks. So if I decide, right, I want to have the best captain this week, I want to have Son, I think I'll lose Salah to get him. And I won't really think twice about that, particularly when Salah plays Manchester City this week. Um, I know I can always get him back later. And again, it comes down to you know not keeping Salah out of fear. Um, you know the way Liverpool are playing, the way Salah are playing, he's not justifying his price tag at the moment. So I think selling him is fine. And, you know, Son gets you a very good captaincy candidate this week. I think Son's got a chance. You know, I'll sit down tonight and I'll watch the Chelsea-Tottenham game. 
And if if Spurs look anyway decent in that one, and Sun looks Sun Sun usually looks good anyway, but it's more about the team here. If Tottenham look decent against Chelsea, I can see myself losing Salah to get Sun in for captain this week. Question from Ruri, and this is related: Is it time to get rid of Salah? I'm really fed up with him. Liverpool are so inconsistent going forward. Salah's returns are not good enough for his premium price. Soucek is performing better than him. So yeah, Salah's making it very difficult for us to keep him at the moment, particularly when he annoys us when we captain him and he does nothing against teams like Brighton. I've had a look at Liverpool's next six fixtures. Man City, Leicester, so two tricky ones to come right away. Everton, the Derby, always a tricky one as well. Then Sheffield United, who are improving. Fulham, who are much improved, and Wolves, who may turn the corner between now and then. So the next six, you know, it's, you know, maybe you would captain Salah against Sheffield United and Fulham, possibly Wolves as well. But I don't think you captain them at the moment with Liverpool's form and with Salah's form as well. So again, probably one of those where I think it's okay to keep Salah because he is Salah and he always has those penalties. But looking at it, you know, it's pretty hard to make a case for keeping them at the moment when there's quite a lot of other midfielders performing very well. And it comes down to cash as well. You know, don't keep Salah just because he's a premium asset. Premium assets don't always deliver. You know, look at Aubameyang this season, for example. So, you know, the way I'm talking, I'm probably talking myself into, you know, kicking him out of my team for a short period of time. Question from Natai. McCarthy out question mark pretty simple question I think it's a pretty simple answer as well I think if you own McCarthy it's pretty worrying I think any team who concedes nine goals no matter how many players are on the pitch it is not you know not a great sign for your goalkeeper prospects we thought Sheffield we thought Southampton might have a double game week in 24 it looks like it'll be Everton now rather than Southampton so I think that makes it easier to get rid of McCarthy They've just got so many issues. You know, McCarthy's not really the problem. You know, he's Bednarek suspended now. Vestergaard, who's been their best defender this season, has been out for ages. I think he is back soon, but, you know, probably not soon enough. Walker-Peters has an, has an issue. Romeo, who's one of the most important players who protects the back four. So McCarthy, you know, he's he's got a, you know, he's, there's not much protection in front of him at the moment, which is why I think it's no clean sheets in the last five for him. So, yeah, I think I would lose him. If you don't have any other issues in your squad, I think McCarthy probably does feel like a weak link now. Uh, I would just go straight to Martinez. I wouldn't really think twice about who the replacement should be. The only other one I would probably consider, if you don't already have three City players, I think Ederson's worth considering, you know, with with three double game weeks to come. Uh, I don't see him in many teams. And when cash is not an issue, I think you can make a strong case for going for Ederson at the moment. Uh, Ederson was actually pretty close to getting an assist in that in that game uh, during the week. Uh, McCarthy McCarthy plays Newcastle this week as well. So again, it's one of those where if you're going to keep him, you can probably keep him for Newcastle because there's probably a decent chance of a clean sheet there, even though Newcastle have improved. But I think if I owned him and I had no other problems, I'd be inclined to let him go this week uh, and just get a just get a better option. Question from Pedro. Is it worth it to buy into Everton via Calvert-Lewin or Dean? even though they are playing Manchester United next? Or is going Ings more reasonable? So, yeah, I mentioned Everton there. It looks like they could have a double game week in 24, which is obviously just the game week after this one. So, even though you, even though Everton play United this week, that wouldn't stop me from buying someone like Dean or Calvert-Lewin. Calvert-Lewin in particular, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see him score against us. 
uh, now that he's got his first one in a while confidence will be a little bit higher um, and again it makes it easier to buy him when he's playing Manchester United when you know there's a chance that he has a double game week the week after which will be Fulham at home that's the fixture that's guaranteed to take place but the extra one will be against Manchester City so it's not an ideal double game week but we know two games anything can happen so yeah I think it's fine to buy Calvert-Lewin or Lucas Dean this week even though they play Manchester United uh, Pedro mentioned Danny Ings there is Ings more reasonable I've kind of gone off Danny Ings now you know I was planning to possibly go from Calvert-Lewin to Ings this weekend but now the Calvert-Lewin scored and Southampton looked absolutely dreadful and with all those injury issues uh, I just don't have that much faith in Ings at the moment until they have their full squad back together so I think I'll stick with Calvert-Lewin for another while question from Fantomantle is benching Salah this weekend the worst idea in the world? Uh, I wouldn't say it's the worst idea in the world, but it's definitely something I wouldn't do. This was a bit like Son in in the most recent game week. A lot of people were asking me, should I bench Son? And I just think when you've got players of that quality, you know, no matter how poor the team is playing, you can't bench these guys because even in a poor team performance, these guys can score a brace. You know, they're moments of world class ability um, can shine through even when, when the team's not performing well. So I, I've said already, I think it's fine to sell Salah, but I think, I think anyone who keeps Salah, you can't bench him, you have to start him. Um, obviously, probably don't captain him, but you know you don't bench a player who takes penalties, really, because, like I said, Liverpool just get two penalties in the game. There's 15-pointers for Salah, even if he doesn't have a good game. So, yeah, if you keep him, start him. I definitely wouldn't bench Mohamed Salah this week. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Next question is from Mona Bishuti. What do you think of Lingard? He wasn't added to my watch list, so that probably tells you all you need to know what I think about Lingard. He was very impressive on his debut for West Ham. Looked really good, got the two goals, but I need to see more. I need to see a lot more before I would buy Jesse Lingard, given there's a lot of other good options in midfield and there's always a chance he'll be a rotation risk player there with, you know, Yarmolenko, Fornals, Ben Rama. There's a lot of options for David Moy. So very good performance. One to keep an eye on, but not enough for me to put him on my watch list just yet. And, you know, a lot of us have Soucek, so you're probably pretty unlikely to buy Lingard if you already have Soucek. Uh, question from Ranit. Should we just get in Martinez as a set and forget keeper for the season? The short answer here is yes. Best keeper in the game. Fantastic goalkeeper. We've seen it against West Ham. I think he racked up five saves in about the first 20 minutes. So, you know, we see that played a big part in him getting getting a bonus point and getting four points, even though he conceded three goals. He's going to have a couple of double game weeks to come. Um, set and forget. He's going to be my set and forget. I've got Melier on the bench. And even though this week's a good example... Melier plays Crystal Palace at home. Good fixture on paper. Martinez plays his former club, Arsenal. I think that is at home as well. And I'll be starting Martinez. I'm not even going to give 
any thought to Melier at any point over the next few weeks because I don't rate him that much as a goalkeeper. I definitely don't rate Leeds as a defence no matter who they're playing. And I just think Martinez is the ideal set and forget goalkeeper. He's a bit like Nick Pope last season. You play him in any fixture and he can get big points. So I will be playing Martinez every week for the rest of the season. Uh, the reason I kept Melier last week was I think there's there's only going to be a couple of fixtures and give me 29 and Melier definitely has one that week and Martinez may not. So at least I'll have a goalkeeper that week. That was why I sold Johnston rather than Melee last week I was I was thinking a little bit further ahead, but I'm just you know I, in my mind I've I've got one goalkeeper in my squad and that's Martinez. Melee will just stay there and I'll play him and give me 29, and then I'll sell him on my wild card, which is likely to be later. Question from FPL Binger: Should we ever bench Soucek again? Like ever? Um, again, the short answer to this is probably no. Um, I I love punishment, so he's probably going to be on my bench again this week. Great goal against Aston Villa. He's popping up very often in the box now. He had a couple more chances in that game as well. We I, we shouldn't really be benching him. Uh, that's the short answer. But some of us are set up where we don't have a choice. You know, In my setup, I've got seven strong attackers who I like more than Soucek. So very often, he's got to be my first sub. But again, that could that could continue to hurt me. And maybe at some point, I will, sh- I will shift back to having Soucek as part of my strong front seven rather than my eighth attacker. So yeah, if you have him, do whatever you can to get him in your starting eleven. But you know, many of us have have players that you can't really bench for him. Final question for this week is from Sean Henderson. When is the best time, in your opinion, to use the second wildcard? So I think this depends on whether you have bench boost left or not. If you have your bench boost, I like the idea of wildcard 25, bench boost 26. You know, bench boost in the biggest double game week there is left and then you, know, you just focus on your starting 11 for the rest of the season then if you're like me and you don't have your bench boost if you've already used it if you're happy with your squad um, I think hold it for as long as possible I think that's going to be my plan I'm happy with my squad um, I think looking at looking at Ben Crellin's spreadsheet for game week 26 double game week 26 nothing's confirmed yet but it looks likely that teams like Man City, Liverpool, Manchester United, Leicester, Villa, Spurs, all these big teams are likely to have a double game week. Also Leeds, Southampton, Chelsea. You know, we've we've already got a lot of players from these teams. So I think I think we will end up naturally having a pretty strong starting eleven for double game week twenty six without having the wild card for it. You know, we'll have a couple of transfers before that as well. To prepare, so I think for those of us who don't need to worry about the bench boost, I think we can probably get through double game week twenty six, have a strong squad, and still have the wild card for later. Uh, and then looking a little bit further ahead, blank game week twenty nine, there could be as little as two fixtures. More likely, there'll be probably three or four, uh, possibly even five. So what we could do is not use our wild card for for the double game week twenty six. Then between twenty six and twenty nine. We will have three free transfers. Some people will have four free transfers. So we can you know, bring in players for blank game week 29 to get ourselves to maybe seven or eight players for that game week. Hopefully more. Hopefully nine or ten or eleven. And then once we get through that tricky blank game week 29, then it should be plain sailing from game week 30 onwards. So I like the idea of wildcard maybe in game week 30 or 31 for the final stretch 
and really attack it with that wildcard at the end. So that's that's my thoughts on wildcard. Again, it's we can't lock in strategies at the moment because nothing is confirmed yet. Um, you know, I mentioned all those teams that are likely to have double game week 26. There's more teams as well. There's more possibles. Um, so go and have a look at Ben's work to get yourself an idea of what might work best for your squad. But I think it's I think it's quite straightforward. I think if you've got bench boost, you want a bench boost in 26. And I think if you don't have bench boost, I think we'll be able to survive without the wild card until game week 30 onwards. I think the key there is if you're happy with your squad. If you're not happy with your squad, then maybe you can go earlier and attack the double game week a little bit more. Moving on now to game week 23 captaincy. As mentioned, I think Sun is the standout option. Not because of who he plays for, but more about who he plays against. West Brom are absolutely dreadful. Conceded another two goals against Sheffield United. So, I mean, if Sheffield United can score two against West Brom, Spurs should score four or five. Again, I'm going to give him... I'll be watching the Chelsea game tonight, which is Thursday. If Sun looks decent and Spurs look decent, pretty likely I think I'll get him in for Salah and give him the armband. If he doesn't look great and Spurs don't look great, I might be inclined to bank a transfer um, because I haven't banked a transfer in quite a while, so I would like to do that. And if so, I think Bruno Fernandes at home to Everton is the next best captaincy option. Who are the others? Looking at the fixtures, a lot of tricky fixtures this week when it comes to captaincy. So Liverpool, Manchester City, most people I think will swear for that one. Aston Villa play Arsenal, so that's tricky for the likes of Grealish. Wolves play Leicester, so you're probably not going to captain Barnes or Madison in that one. Sheffield United play Chelsea, but with rotation at Chelsea, it's very hard to captain a Chelsea player. I think there is a few other options if you do want to be different. I'd like Rafinha or Bamford at home to Crystal Palace if you own those guys. Danny Ings, if you own him, away to Newcastle. I think that's okay as well. And Antonio is away to Fulham. I think that is okay as well. But I think it's got to be between Son or Bruno this week, depending on which players you own. Transfer-wise, I've mentioned I haven't banked for a while. I would like to do that, but Son is very hard to ignore, I think, given that fixture. And I just love Son as well. I always knew when I sold him a few weeks ago that I would want him back at some point. The plan was Calvert-Lewin to Ings, but I'm not too keen on that anymore because Calvert-Lewin scored, could have a double game week in 24, and Southampton are really struggling for bodies at the moment. So I don't mind you know, not going for Ings now. Salah to Son captain also frees up cash for Kane in the future. So if I got Son in for Salah this week, once Kane's back, I could replace any one of my strikers with Harry Kane. So maybe after Spurs play Manchester City, which is game me 24, I could maybe get Kane back in game me 25 to give me the Son-Kane double up again. That is pretty attractive to me. So it's either bank or get Son this week. Pretty simple. Um, I should mention Bamford because I mentioned last week that I would be considering him as well. You know, I could I could get rid of any striker and go back to Bamford this week. But given that all three of my guys scored, Calvert-Lewin, Antonio and Watkins, I'm pretty happy to keep those three uh, for the foreseeable future. So I don't mind going without Bamford for a period of time. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it and found it useful. If you'd like to hear more podcasts from me before the deadline, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL general. Good luck to you all this weekend. For the next few weeks, we will be back to the normal routine of one game week each week, thankfully. 
So the podcast will be out every Tuesday for the rest of February. Talk to you next week. The Athletic.